Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beneath the Screen. Yeah, I messed up our title. Beneath <laughs> the Screen of the Ultra Critics. Oh, yeah. I want you to know that's a pretty good uh, goofy, but it won't. It's not as good as your Kermit that we recorded no, that can we can have Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I haven't done goofy as many times in my life. Uh, but you know. So anyway, show. <laughs> I'm joined as always by my co-hosts Thad. Yeah. And Kara. I may be dying. <laughs> and new dying person Molly. Hello. And Molly even chose the movies we're going to be watching today. Yes, yes, this is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The mo- and well, in, in some ways, I think it's it's good that we're doing this because modern movies get accused of being called theme parks a lot, or yeah, theme park rides. <laughs> and so we look, we're looking at a couple of movies based on actual Disney theme park rides, well, and ride. the. Varying degrees of quality. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, based on movies. Yeah, these are all in air quotes. I would say <laughs> <laughs> um, we're doing uh, Country Bears from I believe what is it, two thousand and two, and the first Pirates yeah. movie, two thousand and three. Yeah, yeah. So they're basically contemporaries. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what's really weird is how much changed between those t- times. Yeah. And how much Pirates is actually part of the reason. Of that change, but we'll, we'll start off with 2012's Country Bears. 2012? Sorry, 20, uh, 2002, my bad. <laughs> Time is a flat circle, don't you know? Fair enough. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, Kara, you want to do a <laughs> summary? Yeah, Kara, do you want to tell us about the Country Bears? I can hear how no. much she wants to talk about this. We can okay. always have Molly do so <laughs> I I did some brainstorming, and I concluded that Country Bears is what would happen, right? If you took Almost Famous, <laughs> and then you mushed it into the mercifully forgotten film North, <laughs> and then you thought you could make the Blues Brothers. And you mixed that up, and you just mixed it until it was overmixed, and it got, like, the dough got heavy and, like, a little sticky, and then you forgot it was in the oven. Uh, I hated this movie. Um, (laughs) I'm not going to give it the dignity of a long explanation, because it it does not matter. (laughs) It does not matter, and it doesn't care about your feelings. Um... (laughs) <laughs> it's about getting the band back together, and the band is specifically the Country Bears. Are we? Yeah, good? it's about we... getting the band back together. It's about bears. <laughs> the best part of the movie is an ongoing sort of like acceptance denial of the fact that there are human shaped bears, like just that sometimes bears are people, I mean, and the, I... the jokes oh, that that causes as only about two people in the entire movie recognize that it's weird for bears to be people. Um, that's actually pretty, pretty, pretty good. But yeah, it's just this little adopted bear child decides to get together his favorite. Voiced by Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment decides um, that he idolizes the country bears and finding out he's adopted, he's going to get, he goes to visit them, finds out that they're 
big bear hall or whatever the heck it is is being sold by an evil banker played by Christopher Walken who just looked at the scenery and decided that he was going to masticate. Christopher Walken. He is the best <laughs> yeah. part. He leans Unimpeachably. so hard into this movie as being the evil banker. <clears throat> and then uh so the kid goes on a journey to get all the members of this sort of country rock and roll bear band. rockabilly yeah yeah southern southern rock yeah, bear southern leonard rock, skinner um, <clears throat> group yeah yeah group back together through the adventures <laughs> leonard the bear skin the adventures <laughs> and the foibles and then they end up coming back and playing to an amazing concert where they raise as much money to sell the property uh as a pedant as a pedant mm -hmm. i would like to say mm -hmm. that the property is like i think it was twenty thousand dollars in debt oh god you're gonna do bank stuff after six years of non-payments on what i presume is some kind of mortgage that's not a lot of money and if it includes <laughs> fees then you're talking about a monthly payment of like less than two hundred dollars a month I want I want you to and all of the listeners to know that this is not something she thought about over time. This was her immediate response <laughs> to the the lines in the movie as we were watching it. Understand that's because the movie gives you time to think about that because there's really nothing does. going on. Yeah, uh, so Kara, oh. I did love your movie uh, mix-up description. I've got a shorter one for you. This is the 2000. This is the 2011 Muppet reboot, but bad. Yes, <laughs> vindicated. <laughs> yes, Carol. What did I yell at you repeatedly? <laughs> okay, so doing like that, I'm going to read you the opening line to Ebert's review, simply because it is beautiful. The formidable technical skills and the country bears must not be allowed to distract from the film's terminal, terminal inanity. <laughs> All right. it, Would y'all like some context a... for this film? No, I want it to be oh, gone. No, I, yeah, no, no because otherwise we have to talk about the film. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so let's, I'm just going to talk, since I'm the theme park nerd, I'm just going to talk a little bit about where the hell this came from and why it, and how, the ways that that, actually makes this weirder. So, okay. <clears throat> the Country Bears are not a ride. They it's Country Bear Jamboree and it's an animatronic show. It's uh you sit down yeah, in a theater. Cheeses, right? Yeah, I mean it's higher quality, but yes, you you sit down in a theater and bears come out and they sing old style old school country music. Uh, it was an opening day attraction at the Magic Kingdom here in Florida back in 1971 and somehow it was the single most popular attraction at the park for the entire year of opening it had look the 70s were a, di a different time look but... there's enough drugs pumping through that nation at that time <laughs> wait isn't it park didn't open in the 70s did it Magic, um, the one in California opened in 1955 the one in Florida opened in 1971 what? Yeah. Yep. And then Epcot opened in 1982. Can I just share one thing? Sure. Yeah. 
my mom went to Disney World when she was about four, so we're talking eh, early 70s, probably in the first five or so years it opened. And uh, my Aunt Becky got bit on the butt by Winnie the Pooh. Oh. <laughs> like the guy in the Winnie the Pooh costume came up to my 16 year old aunt, bent over, and bit her on the ass. Oh, ooh. Yep. That seems That seems bad. That seems like she should have got a shot. Anyway, after I'm sorry. To continue your much more interesting story. In the, the 70s, 70s, probably not. <laughs> uh, Disney had an image. But um, uh. so. It did so well. In the seventies, no one had an image. Fair point. So in the 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 blah, blah, blah. so it did so well in Florida that they decided to bring it over to California. Um, it did not do as well in California because it was a country music show with like jug bands and banjos. Trying to make it big in Southern yeah, it's California. very Branson in its vibe. <laughs> I was say, I know why it did well in Florida. Why yeah. did you bring it to California? Like it Florida did... is in the South. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's the legacy of the Country Bear Jamboree in California. Two, it has two things. First off, it is the reason Splash Mountain oh, no. exists because Cal- in Florida okay. oh. it did so well that they decided that they were going to dedicate a whole small land to it in, in California. Like, that's how well it did in Florida. Oh, frontier land. Well, not frontier land. There's a critter country, which is, oh, yeah, really? like critter country was, used to be the home of the country bears and like a restaurant and a gift shop. Like It was all designed to accommodate the massive crowds they thought for sure would be flocking to country bear or jamboree. It <laughs> oh, did no. not. Oh no! And so, like, well, we got this whole southern area now. We we and we got it themed around animals. We need something, and so uh, Imagineer Tony Baxter came up on with the ideas that would uh, accumulate into Splash Mountain. And so, hmm. the Country Bear is why Splash Mountain exists. Wow. So specifically, the failure of the country bears outside of the yes. south. Shaka. Nice. Funnily <laughs> enough, they're nowhere near each, uh, the southern, near, the Florida Splash Mountain is nowhere near. I mean, it's near, but yeah, not very near country bears. But the other thing is that. Um, so I'm pretty sure I know why this movie exists. But the funny okay. thing is that. The California one? It's to make money, right? I mean, that's well, got to be... There is no God. <laughs> <laughs> that too. All right, so yeah. this movie was made This during... is how we summoned COVID, was this film. It was a slow <laughs> grow process. We first had to have the yeah. economic meltdown. But I'm... This is post-9-11. We didn't deserve yeah. this. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Molly. It's all good. It's all good. No, it's these are all very valid reactions. I don't like the movie either. So... <laughs> Um, the funny thing about this movie is that 11 months before it, ca- it came out, Country Bears closed in Disneyland, California, replaced with the Winnie the Pooh ride, which is there to this day. Oh. So, um, so, uh, Watch but, out for Pooh. <laughs> yes, apparently. Never thought of, never had a, knew I had to worry about that before. Um. Well, he's in the public domain now. It's only too late. the, only the, uh. The original book one, Disney one's still in Disney. Oh, yeah. If he's Obviously. a red shirt, you can't use him. Um, 
Oh God, he's naked. Yes. He's naked. Everyone can go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 but I um. So this was during Michael Eisner's tenure as the head of Disney, which mm. for any Disney fan will know was a strange, baffling, confusing time after the 80s. Eisner was a very strange man. Fun fact. Um, oh, we'll get to that later, actually. But um, um, I think. Yeah, no fun. Now, I think, <laughs> now it's only country bears. I think this movie was Eisner's being up because um, so Disney had a good partnership with Jim Henson. Then Jim Henson mm. died, and his son did not like Disney. I think <laughs> this movie was Michael Eisner's like, screw it. If we can't buy the Muppets, we'll just make our own Muppets. I think this was Disney. He's well, like, Jim uh, Henson did the animatronics, right? Well, the Jim Henson company did the animatronics. Oh, the Jim Henson yes. company did, yeah. Okay. But I think this was his attempt Which... at a Muppets. Yeah, and then a decade later, the Muppets did this with the exact same story, but, you know, better because people care about mm-hmm. the Muppets. Well, not only that, but Barry ben McBarrington, or whatever his name is, Barry is Barry not Barry. a character so much as a, an emotion that never goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, it's the voice of Haley Joel Osment as a character. Right, no, but Sarah. like when they have the fiddle contest with the Brian Salsa Orchestra, because that's who you have a fiddle contest with. Yeah, obviously. Um, he's cheering when the guy's losing. I was like, he's clearly, why are you happy? <laughs> like, it's just a bad road trip movie. It yeah. is. But I will say, outside of Christopher Walken, Stephen Tobolowski. <laughs> I never once did not believe that man loved his son. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that was. They never uh, actually like returned to the fact that he's adopted after like the the using it for the inciting incident. Like it just just dropped. No one cares. That and the guy who plays Rip Holland, hmm. um. Alex Rocco, who many might know from Godfather, he's the uh, the manager who sells him out. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's he has the other good gag in the movie, the guy who has offices at like the Home Depot or whatever. Yeah, that was oh, a, that, that was, was a, a good really gag. Good like there are moments I, I in this laugh. movie where you can see the director, the poor bastard, um, <laughs> Pete Hayes. Um, yeah, Peter Hastings. This is his first mm. and last movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, like he did short shame. movies after this, but this is his debut. And when your debut is the Country Bears, yeah, well, <clears throat> look, that's there. Are which, which, you get what you what's get. Weird is I'm so sorry, but the the Country Bears actually does tiptoe around some moments. Yeah, that are really good and like it has this, especially at the beginning and again the whole the whole bit where like uh. Bear Barrington's adopted brother is like he's a bear, and the police <laughs> who are looking for this missing child are completely like, what? It, it's he's in the, he looks to be about fourth grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, th- yeah. That God, there were a lot of little moments, and then like the rest of the movie happened. <laughs> I, like there is Diedrich Bader had a, had a good day. Yeah, but, Diedrich you know. Bader did. I think I feel like that somebody part of this. I'm, I want to say the director, but it might have been somebody else truly really understood that this should be a sort of like weird nonsensical film in the way that like the blues brothers is 
and didn't know how to nail it. But just the very sincere performances a lot of the live actors turn in is it's it, it, it makes it slightly more watchable. Well, that and there are times when the movie does something that is visually not something you would expect from a country bears movie. Mm. Uh, like a lot of the month, like the like a lot of the ways they'll do like when he's taking pictures in the bus. Mm-hmm. It's cheesy and it doesn't really work, but it's an attempt to break up the scene visually and pad out the movie. Mm-hmm. But like there are moments where you're like, okay, you're trying to do something, but I'm feeling like Disney is like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. I can of see course, that. there's also the parts where the movie grinds to a screeching halt to be music videos for uh, pop princesses. Well, not only yeah. that, but like yeah. all the songs sounds exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing. Well, like the the one that knocked me the furthest out of the movie was the uh, the one in the restaurant <laughs> the diner. Because the only thing I could think of is they're they're essentially paralleling the Blues Brothers, mm-hmm. but you you don't have Aretha. You have this person I don't know singing for not really any narratively compelling reason other than that she, to communicate that she liked the Country Bears in the past, and like I, why would you remind me of just a great? Fun, like musical road movie when you're not making one in front of me. Also, so the the scene is the country bears are in a diner and this waitress is like, ah, oh, I know who you are. This you used to be famous singers, and then she sings a better version of one of their old songs that didn't take off. And what's really weird is she's trying to sing this like sort of southern pop song in this kind of throaty voice, and it's a white girl. And she has several waitress backup dancers who are black. And I'm like, why didn't you, why didn't you have one of those girls sing? Because they'd probably be better. Because you sound like Britney Spears, who's a great dancer, but not a talented vocalist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everybody who has a speaking line in this movie, with the exception of one of the police officers, is white or a bear. Mm -hmm. There are more bears than black people in this movie. Yep. Oh, God. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, and the thing that's weird is they imply that Barry was found by the rangers with a tracking device, mm-hmm. which implies that there are wild bears. And yep. yet, there's never really an explanation to how the wild bears become, I guess, tame bears. Or yeah. sentient for that. Matter. And it's right. It's like, it's not something I should be thinking about, but the movie put the question there. <laughs> And, like, it's not detached enough in the Muppet way to where there's just no reason to bring it up right. because the Muppets exist as Muppets. Uh-huh. But, like, like the Muppets have a logic of their own enough that you don't ask <clears throat> those questions. Whereas this is like, no, these are both real bears and bear people. And some people notice, but, like, mostly don't. And honestly... And also, there are honey bars that humans and bears go to that are run by Queen Latifah. <laughs> Can we call it Berwin? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got what were we getting ready to say, Molly? The brother, the human brother, is the only one who ever really calls it out. And yes. honestly, the fact, like, they're going for, like, the straight man. Like, they're going for the one character who points out the absurdity. But because he's the only person who points it out, and because Barry is not the only bear, it feels less 
like the one sane person pointing out the absurdity of the world and more just like racism. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's less Stuart Little and more just um, a racism. And And again... In the Muppets 2011, you have a human and a Muppet that are literally, as far as we can tell, just brothers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's done way better. <laughs> so, because some people are just Muppets. Mm -hmm. Well, no, 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 but like, can we just also going back to there's a something smarter it feels like in the movie, the whole reveal of Christopher Walken's character. I love it. <laughs> I called. It. I was like, you know what? I didn't see that she coming. Did. Good on you, movie. No. Yeah, Kara, Kara called that. I one. Really, I, uh, I immediately. I was not expecting it. the movie to. Yeah, I was not expecting the movie to be that interested in the story it was telling. <laughs> right. That did surprise me. <laughs> but I did love one of the bears going. I just want you to know, I'm going to switch banks. It's <laughs> 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 like that's yeah. Like there are some good individual lines in this movie. I will never argue that reveal. Also, has one of Christopher Walken's two best lines in the movie, where he's where he's talking about how he <laughs> swore revenge on the country bears, how he'd get revenge. He's like, <laughs> I get revenge one day, and that day is tonight. It is <laughs> Christopher Walken's. For me, it was a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really it was that good. And also, I am like ninety nine percent sure that the uh, the ascot, the, the cravat that he's wearing in this, is the same one he's wearing in Seven Psychopaths. It has to be. It's... <laughs> I think that's just a thing that he owns, or as Kara argued when I brought this up initially, something that he stole from this movie to get like more worth out of it. Well, I'm pretty sure he does steal. Like, oh, every actor steals from movie sets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hell, there was something on Twitter about a, a PA production assistant sent a letter to Gene Roddenberry. It's like, Shatner has stolen four wigs. <laughs> look, look, good artists steal from craft services. Great artists steal from wardrobe. The, uh, the other, just real quick, uh, the other great uh, walk-in line is from the end. Mm. It's a... Uh, it's not a great line in the writing like the other one. It's all in walking, being Christopher Walken. Walken. But uh, yeah. at the end, he's being pushed away by the crowd as like the as the country bears have had a successful concert. And all he has to say is, this isn't over, bears. But the way he says it is, this isn't over, bears. Which, <laughs> like, just, it, it really, like, other people have pointed this out, but it really does feel like this is Christopher Walken just suddenly realizing there are bears in the movie. <laughs> yeah that and like we cut to a moment where he's sitting in his office and he's just oh, with his lips and i'm like that really just feels like the director's like do something mm -hmm. and he's like what just do what you do and it's like i don't even know what that is i i act in exchange for money so so he does that and then just watching him crush different models of country bear hall yeah yes. i'm like fashion movie you should have stayed with that for another hour and a half yes yeah i would have watched that all day where <laughs> there's got to be a youtube like compilation of just that looped for six hours it just uh, i would just like the movie happens in the background and we hear about it on christopher walken's tv i would argue that Oh, oh, what's the actor's name? Diedrich? Diedrich Bader. Bader. There's a great bit where these two police officers think that the Country Bears, the band, have kidnapped Barry Barrington, the bear <laughs> child. 
And yeah. I swear to God, I do not remember what the reason was for this because I wasn't paying a lot of attention. And um, I had to just Okay, the movie doesn't demand it. Yeah. <laughs> but suddenly, for no reason, he is going after their bus through a car wash, and he decides that he yeah. has to climb out of the window and get smashed yeah. around. He doesn't climb car. out. He gets sucked yeah, out. He gets, he gets sucked, sucked out. out. That's what it is. Because he's trying to look out. Well, the because window. their windshield, their windshield gets covered by soap, so he has to roll down his, the window and stick his head out to see uh, where the bear bus is, and then he gets sucked out. Because the bear bus decided to hide in a car wash, so the cops. I gotta say, car followed. <laughs> car chase through car wash. Thumbs up. It's a slapstick scene. It's it's a yeah. great slapstick scene. Uh, the the other officer whose name I cannot remember reacts to it with like, like it's a horror film. Like he's screaming. <laughs> Bader is like screaming. Like he's being smashed into the windows. Like it's a great bit of like yeah. two straight men doing very serious physical comedy. It's <laughs> and again that's one of those small shining moments that you're like somebody. On this set, managed to convince everybody, like, no, like, lean into it. Let's make a movie today. Um, it was also the, the guy's name was uh, Officer uh, Dale Mitchell because he was Officer Ham and Dedrick Beta was mm. Officer Cheats, so they could have yep. the joke of Ham and Cheats. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. <laughs> do you want to know the one quality thing that comes out came out of this movie? The mm. DVD commentary. So, oh, oh, oh no. I bet now I want to see that movie a second time. See, see, so I my theory is that they watched the movie to get ready for the commentary and realized that the only way out was through. And so <laughs> it's the director and D- Dietrich Bader, who also voiced, who was played a cop, but also played, uh, voiced the main bear. And yeah. Yeah, the yeah. voice of the other bear, of one of the other bears, I forget which one. And they treat the movie like it's this is like it's Spinal Tap, like in like so they're the voice actors are in character talking about the production of the movie, telling the story of the Country Bears reunited. Okay, that's that's good. That's a good move. <laughs> Solid. Play. I'm just like the only way through this is either they play as the characters, or you like Ben Affleck on Armageddon and you get drunk to shit. <laughs> So like there is one funny part where the bears talk about how Chris Christopher Walken is nice, but he's but he scares them. <laughs> like it is actually like that's, if you could, that sounds accurate, if you can yeah. find the DVD at your library or at a yeah, half price books, it's actually a fun time. The commentary is actually pretty fun. That just I would yeah, just like, like to add the podcast losses. is not recommending you watch the Country Bears. No, it is no, recommending you watch the commentary. And they you don't have, have to watch the country bears. You'll figure it out as it goes along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, yet another little loss from the 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 slow death of physical media. <laughs> I feel Sorry. like it wouldn't be that okay. hard to put commentaries on Disney Plus or other sites either. Like, I feel like you should be able to do think, that. I, I would think not. It's other sites yeah, have done it. Another from what audio I track. <clears throat> but uh, we're moving on to Pirates of the Caribbean, a movie that is so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. Especially among its own series, Badoom. I like the original trilogy. Once Kira and I, the opening, like, 
the open just the opening like scene i'm like god this is such a better movie than country bells this is a motion picture that we're watching (laughs) you all want to know the great thing about that so there were three wait i'm sorry the great thing about pirates Uh, of the caribbean like it being well the opening scene like no like the great thing about it being a good movie Oh, oh, continue, yeah. continue. So, Disney around this time made three theatrical uh, movies based on theme parks uh, attractions. Mm. Country Bears, Pirates of the Caribbean, and the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not talking about that last one, for better or for worse. Um, <laughs> of those three, you know which one Michael Eisner wanted to kill? Like, halfway through production? Uh, oh, it was pirates. Yeah. It, was, it was definitely pirates. This I did yeah. know, yeah. He tried to stop this one. The one that turned into the massive franchise that, that Disney refuses to let die is the one that he tried to kill in the yeah. crib. Well, and that's yeah. also because Pirates of the Caribbean, like, this came after the Country Bears. And so, as we've discussed, Country Bears is awful. Mm-hmm. And the Country Bears also didn't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so, there is a sense of, like, Oh, uh, we're doing another one? No, this can't work. No. And where Pirates succeeds, a country bears fails, it's like, you know, we shouldn't stick that true to the ride, but there should be something here <laughs> to propel the scenes forward. <laughs> so we'll just stick it full with story and nothing but. Hmm. Well, except for the fact that the Haunted Mansion movie was being made at the same time and he never tried to kill that. It was just. I didn't see that one. <laughs> visually, Eddie it's, Murphy visually it's deep stunning. in the doldrums by that point. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that that that's a bad one. That, like it's visually it's stunning. Like you would need like you would need to go full into like um you would need a genius like uh, Guillermo del Toro to improve on it visually, but the writing is terrible and not worth it. Like <laughs> because I was wondering if. I can't remember if Eddie Murphy's career took a downturn, but I don't remember exactly when because time still has no meaning. But, like, uh, Johnny Depp was not doing well when he went in for Pirates of the Caribbean. And, of course, the myth of that movie is that he's the one that made the movie and his interesting choices. And, I mean, I think that's a little bit true, but not entirely true because stripping away his performance, the script is pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Script is strong. This movie has better action directing than any movie that I've seen made in the last couple of years. Well, that's another thing that Pirates remind you of. is like, you used to be able to do these action sequences and, like, they were fun and entertaining and inventive and you could tell what was going on. <laughs> and it, it, it meant something. It went somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There was a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah, there were interesting reveals. Like uh, characters had like charisma, but were also more than just like one-liner. Thing. Like, uh, you know, like we remember Jack Sparrow, and uh, I think partly overshadowed by what he becomes as as time moves forward. But like in the first movie, this is a character who's weird, but also like has some like depth and thought into like the writing mm-hmm. and the performance. And it's just, yeah, it was, it was nice to read. Yeah, he is. It's, it's, uh, like, it's you good. can see, and like, you can see the, like the seeds of that, of the arc that he's going to have over the trilogy before it spirals out mm-hmm. of control with the fourth and the fifth. It's good. I would argue even well, yeah, because if you because if you keep it going forever, characters don't get to actually grow. <laughs> I would argue even the third movie got kind of really shaky. 
Oh yeah, like it, it, it's the shakiest of the trilogy, but like there is still like an arc for him. Like where you see the character here, and yeah. then you see him at the end where he is sacrificing immortality to save uh, Orlando Bloom. Like there is a clear like narrative through line for the first three, like with his oh, character. Man. Oh man, you remember when Orlando Bloom was the guy? Yeah. <laughs> and then we got Luke Evans, who is kind of better than him, but looks weirdly similar enough that it's strange to have him, both of them, in The Hobbit. Luke Evans's head is a little more square, though. Yeah, I I just remember like it used to be Orlando Bloom and Jude Law. Mm-hmm. They both because they both have like that same sort of like look, so, somewhat inhuman looking eyes. Yeah. yeah, but also I think also what gets left out a lot when you talk about pirates, like yes, Johnny Depp is great, but Jeff jeffrey rush jeffrey rush is having the time of his motherfucking life yes Absolutely. oh yeah Jeff- and he delivered one of the greatest lines of like the last decade you best be believing in ghost stories mrs turner You're in fun. <laughs> it's so great good. what i what i love about this movie is and, and this was rare to see in like especially movies from this particular period with cast is this is really an ensemble picture. Like I'd be hard pressed to yeah. say if Will, Jack, or Elizabeth is more the protagonist than the others. Yeah, like, it, and it, and it's balanced well, which this series definitely loses as it goes mm-hmm. forward. Like in terms of developing those characters and making it very clear early on what they're moving toward. Like it's yeah, it's it's just very clear. Like. I don't know. There's something that I like about, hey, this is a movie that puts forward very clear characters who are still interesting to watch. They're not like one dimensional, but you still know what's up with them. It's, right. it's nice to yeah, see. Yeah, this was a I really. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I really enjoyed the fact that the plot has a lot of um, switchbacks. So, like, they're here and then they're there. Then that person's on this side. And then this person has all the power and that person has all the powers. Like, a lot of quick plot switchbacks like that. But they're all very easy to follow. You can figure out what's going on, who has the upper hand, and I feel like movies right now are so often confusing messes. Like, it's very odd that I'm like, I can see everything that's happening, I know everything that's going on, all of the action is viewable, there is enough light on the screen, I don't check (laughs) out during the action sequences. And I'm just, I mean, honestly, in this moment, thinking what I would rather do, I'd rather watch the first three Pirates movies than a lot of the Marvel movies. The big punch fights at the end of the Marvel movies, I literally go blank and tune out. I hate them. Yeah, it's very, very few of those that are really rewarding to to go back to. But what does Pirates of the Caribbean have is it's like final giant, giant fight sequence is man versus man or, you know, zombie versus human. And then, uh, you know, an idiot fighting a se- uh, severed zombie hand, which is a great mm-hmm. little, yeah. little moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Price. Yeah, Jonathan Price is someone who knows how to have fun in a movie. Everyone like, in this movie knows how to have fun in this movie. It's great. That's 100%. No, no one is miscast in this movie at all. Um, and can I just... Uh, can... Go ahead. Go, Go ahead, ahead, Molly. I was just going to say, I, just like as a side, like thinking of people having fun, can we just... Take a moment to appreciate that there's a pirate that like likes wearing a dress and like 
no one gets transphobic about it. Like that joke would have been very easy to yes! do in two thousand three. Yeah, they, it does. It's not done in a way that's gross. Like it's it's yeah. There's no. Ugh. It's it's not it's just a moment. Gross, and uh, his friend who's with him is just they're just kind of life mates vibing i guess i would say vibing yeah. that's what i would say if i remember correctly canonically the older one of that pair is is the uh the one who doesn't, doesn't keep losing his eye that guy's the uh his mm-hmm. uncle oh okay well i also love like they make up not an overly complicated set of rules to pirates live by, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also imply, much like with the John Wick rules, it really depends on who you're talking to, <laughs> how they apply. Yeah, the pirate code <laughs> is such a great thing. More like actual guidelines. It's more about who you, it's less about we don't break them and more we're careful about who we break them in front of. Exactly. And and it's also a, a decent, like, just good old-fashioned setup reminder payoff, mm-hmm. because, like, it goes from it being said to that pair of pirates to, at the end, them being the ones saying it. Like, it's it's a nice little, it's a nice little journey. It's good, good times. Parley? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there's, like, I, I agree with Karen in terms of, like, there's a lot of power switching back and forth, and, like, there's even, like, moments of when they're trapped on the island, Swan and um, Jack, Jack you are the moments like, is she trying to seduce seduce him? This is wh- oh no, she just got him drunk, and then he woke up and she burned all the rum in the trees, <laughs> and he's really mad. And then he sees that at work, and he's like, she's going to be impossible to live with after this. <laughs> <laughs> so I love pirates and anything ocean themed. So like pirates mermaids anything like that and watching this movie i had a flashback to how many pirates of the caribbean shirts i had from hot topic (laughs) (laughs) so many of them also speaking of flashbacks i i have been to disney world exactly once uh when i was in preschool so uh 65 (laughs) years ago um but i do how many times have you flung preschool I don't always go through things in the right okay. order. Um, the, but I I remember no, I I went to the I know I saw the Country Bear Jamboree. I know that, <laughs> and I don't remember anything about it in detail. And the movie didn't evoke anything in me of remembering anything about it, other than that there are in fact bears who have a jamboree of sorts in the country. Uh, but with pirates, there are still those little moments mm-hmm. where it's like. The, the the prisoners gesturing to the dog with the keys that are like I've seen that I re- I I remember that mm-hmm. and it's it's nice that it's not like put forefront like the way that they use the connections to the ride are not like obnoxious or like it's it's not as bizarre as just the existence of the country bears right. they're just like okay we'll base it on this thing we'll do our own thing with it but we'll have some nice well not all that but Spartuga nice. is a good bit. It it really, I have seen the ride and it does reflect it. I saw the movie and then went to Disney and I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, yep. Um, The director, Gord Verbinski, is a horror director. Well, not maybe not a horror director, but he did The Ring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I mean, the American version of The Ring uh, just really got me. And like, I was, I was a in high school, and it did not matter. I'm not. I'm keeping away from that TV for Mm -hmm. a while. (laughs) 
Uh, but he does bring allow a sort of true menace and a horror to exist in the yeah. Pirates movie. Like in a way, like kind of like John Carpenter's The Fog of like there's just something in the distance that's creepy. And also just allowing sort of like an unsettling feeling sometimes. Because when Jeffrey Rush's uh, Barbosa dies. It's sad. It's, it doesn't make any sense. It's sad and it's violent. Yeah. Like he is shot to death <laughs> and you see the blood start to come out. Like that's, it's an intense moment. Yeah. Like yeah. I feel cold. It, it honestly, <laughs> like, oh, such a death. It does like a much better job of keeping both the action and the horror than I think most films before, after, but also before. Like, like it, it does. Like, it, like uh, compared to like both like the um, j- recent Jungle Cruise movie where you have conquistadors made out of snakes, but it's they're not scary or even interesting. Oh, that's a shame because that sounds rad. Uh, it's like the words made out of snakes. The problem with mod, a lot of modern CGI is it's not a lot of personality to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but also, and oh, go ahead. Well, no, what Vinsky does is like, yes, there's a bunch of them, but there is enough distinctiveness to them, and how he reveals the zombiness of it, and how he plays with it, mm-hmm. like with the moonlight. Oh yeah, yeah. there's some. Also, I, I, I mean, I feel. I feel in a lot of ways like the moonlight choice is one of those things where it's like it makes sense in in the the sort of story that they're telling, but also I imagine it's to control the lighting conditions of when they're using computer Absolutely. effects. Right, it's a perfect. It's a, oh. it's one of those things where like I understand why, but that's a brilliant poetic thing you've chosen to do to cover up. Yeah, there. yeah, it's it comes together very well. It's it's uh, well, it's lovely, there's. Yeah. There's a couple parts of it though where they actually clearly sat down and sort of thought out the logic. Mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. so they're like okay so if you're solid if you're a zombie um zombie in the moonlight solid in the dark then there's that bit where they like put a pole between three zombie guys put a bomb and put a grenade in one of them and then shove them into <laughs> the dark and then he can't get the grenade out mm-hmm. which is a great yeah, thing but it's like oh someone put thought into this and then when jack picks up the coin he instantly turns into a zombie and so you're like oh they haven't like lost parts of themselves over time it happens instantly mm-hmm. which is yeah. like oh, it, it answers these questions and there's like a logic to it and because they show a logical conclusion at several places you feel like you can follow the thread just, yeah so here's just, a fun little game no oh, i'm sorry were you done Ken? i'm just excited that every once in a while somebody's like no let's think about the implications of this and have like two or three rules that we can explain to the audience. Well, yeah, yeah. like it's, it's a very well thought out movie. And like what I was getting ready to say, is like, here's a fun game. Country bears is written by one person. Hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean is written by Ted Elliott, Terry Russo as a story by credit by those two Stuart, Stuart B. Yettle and Jay Walput. It's like, at least four hmm. or five people worked on this movie, but it feels cohesive as opposed to the one movie yeah. written by one person, and it feels like no one was there. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Are we sure that Country Bears was written by one person, or is this one of those, like, use a fake name because never never call me again? Could be. <laughs> I don't know. Country Bears feels like it was a thing written by one guy who didn't have anyone telling him no, or uh, for him, and also no one for him to bounce ideas off of, so he just had to hope he hit the right spot. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, right. I would also not be surprised if it only came out in one draft. <laughs> Country Bears right. has strong talking to myself in the hotel room for six weeks energy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a moment in Country Bears when they're watching an co- old cartoon that they did. Oh, like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Yeah, a Hanna-Barbera style cartoon. And then it just cuts back to one of them after it ends. It's like, that was bad. And I was like, I can't feel like, it feels like this is the movie realizing what's going on. All I could think after <laughs> And they can't stop. All I could think after that cartoon was, oh my god, Jess Harnell, bring him back. More Jess, please <laughs> save me. Save me, Wacko Warner. Or was he Yakko? Uh, I think Oh, I, I never remember. I'm terrible with Me names. Uh, but um, and pilots. Um, I guess we could do a summary of it. But if you don't know what pilots, <laughs> I was going to say oh, God, I forgot we didn't do that. <laughs> uh, I uh, remember, but I I wasn't going. I'm not. I'm not indulging this. Okay, I'm not telling people the you've, plot you've seen of pirates Star of the Caribbean. Wars. <laughs> this is where we are. We. I don't want to say it's this. like if you don't know at this point and like entertainment history. <laughs> Yeah, after half there's, seven pilot movies, there's some cursed pirates, and that has to be dealt with. And there we go. One of the later Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> movies has a mermaid, and that's important to me. <laughs> the mermaid's I will one say good the... part of that movie, actually. Right, that mermaid subplot was so good. Does she eat him or save him? I hope she eats him. And like, <laughs> I will. I love any. And like like the attack from the mermaids, I love any scene that reminds me of the Velociraptors in the long grass from uh, Lost World. <laughs> um, nice. Am I crazy? One of them eventually had Penelope Cruz, right? That was in the fourth one. She's Blackbeard's yeah. daughter. She's teased to come back uh, as okay. like a character, but then doesn't. Because I mean, I'm looking forward to the why would reboot. Anybody? That'll be nice. Wait the uh, the what? They're, oh God! Uh, they're getting the uh, they're ditching. They got rid of um, uh, Johnny Depp's not coming back, and the woman who directed um, Birds of Prey is directing a uh, reboot for Disney. Oh, oh, but I loved. Birds oh, of Prey. interesting. I don't care oh. about this movie, but I am interested in Kathy. <laughs> if I if I remember yeah. correctly, like this could either have just been her saying she wants to do it, or actual confirmation. But uh, Margot Robbie's going to be in it, or she wants to be in it, one or the other. Oh my! I'm oh now I kind of care. Yeah, it's like I want you to know I didn't think you could get me to care about this, but damn. Yeah, like Christina Hodson did some of the best genre movies of the past decade. Like Bumblebee saved Transformers as a thing that I care uh-huh. about, <laughs> and. And Birds of Prey was, like, I think the best DC movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I do have a soft spot for Shazam, but... Shazam yeah. is uh, amazing. So, yeah. Oh. Uh, well... Yeah. Well, so, don't make don't make movies out of rides unless it's Pirates. Well, okay. Well, I, and I also, <laughs> going back to what we've been talking about, like, there are a lot of moments where, like, they will follow the path of a cannonball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Vabinsky and worked with um his DP, who um is a name that I'm not gonna try to pronounce. Darus Wolowski. I'm not gonna try to pronounce, he said right before he tried to pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, well, welcome to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeremiah's a liar. Well, it's really <laughs> fun to try and pronounce names that you're not familiar with when you're also hard of hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, just to add an extra level of challenge. 
<laughs> I was like, I don't want to try to do it. And then as I started, I'm like, I'm fucking this up. <laughs> yeah. Any, anyway, you were saying. Uh, but they do a really good job of motion in this movie. Mm-hmm. And the fact, I never feel phonetic, but you can always feel like you always show where you are in the scene. And even if you've never been in this like set before, it never feels like, where am I? You're like, okay, I know where I am. So I've I've gotten better about this lately, but I I had not looked into it with this one. Do you do you know what other movies that we would know Darius Wolski from? No, The Crow and Dark City. Oh, that explains so much. That makes sense. The Crow. Yeah, that makes Uh, sense now that I think about it. mm -hmm. And Dark City is just a masterpiece. mm -hmm. Oh wow, he's also (laughs) yeah he's he's got an interesting. uh, an interesting uh, career trajectory. So that's some... Worked with Ridley Scott, but not always when you would want him to. So that's one of those oh, he people also did that... the Mexican. Yeah. So that's one of those people that somebody approaches and they're like, I want my movie to be cool. It doesn't have to be good, but it has to look cool. And he just flicks <laughs> his cigarette and says, we begin at dawn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, that's fair. Well, I... um, he did the cinematography for Prometheus and Alien Covenant, which I, I'm not going to look down on him for because those movies looked very yeah. good. You, he also did The Counselor. Yeah, just a yeah. All right, thumbs up for this guy. What I like and House of Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I also like is Sorry, that you were saying you get that the cinematography and the set, like the whole presentation very much always captures the tone that they're wanting you yeah. to get. Like Tortuga is, feels filthy and chaotic. Uh, port, uh, I'm forgetting what it's, what the, t- the home port is, but like, it feels clean and is stuffy and safe. I think it's like, uh, yeah, port, port Royal, Royal, yeah. like everything. And like, like arguably it's a less gruesome and horrific movie than like the Brendan Fraser, the mummy, but the horror elements come across much more strongly here than in either of the, the first two of those. Like it's, yeah, it, yeah mm-hmm. I, I would agree. It, 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 in fact, well, I'm done. Sorry, sorry. No, no, I'm done. The, the I was going to say pie was built like an outgrowth of the mummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would definitely say they're in the same lineage. I yeah. would agree with that. They're both the... an attempt to fuse um, horror to Indiana Jones. Yeah, well, they they are essentially swashbuckling movies that are scarier than mm-hmm. normal uh, at parts sometimes, w- and we don't really do swashbuckling movies anymore. I w- like, I would actually what? say that t- two of the things of the movies that are very small pieces of it, but to me are kind of coarse, is. Mm-hmm. They both have real sadness in them that's allowed to be sad. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking more of the second Mummy mm-hmm. movie, but that one where uh, Imhotep Anaxunamun abandons Imhotep and he commits suicide. Yeah. At oh, the end yeah. of the Scorpion King. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when Barbosa dies and he says, you know, I feel cold and the apple falls out of his hand which makes no sense that he's holding that apple because he's not holding it a minute before you didn't even think about this it's all fridge logic yeah but who cares <laughs> it's it's perfect it's who cares? so <laughs> like you feel sad like it's not like mm-hmm. hey we killed the bad guy victory and like jack doesn't look happy or elated it's sad yeah, yeah i, I... Yeah, like... go ahead no, no, go ahead. I, I do I'm... like that. Like for all the Jack's wacky shenanigans, like you can still feel, and like this does sort of carry throughout. But like you can feel that, like 
Barbosa used to be his first mate. This used to be his friend. And he's uh yeah. He, like it, he's like he is very angry about what happened, but like he's not like he doesn't expect to get any satisfaction out of it. This is more just like a you left me to die, so I'm coming for you. I wish you hadn't made yeah, me done like, this. Yeah, one of the things that I I I it's not that I didn't notice it the first time that I watched it, but I guess it, it just didn't stick as hard because of how, like the you know just the personality of Jack sort of it becomes the main thing that you remember over time. But like I'd forgotten how good of a person Jack is is described as having been initially, and the fact that he used to be a much better person mm-hmm. uh, is what he what got him completely screwed mm-hmm. over, like. Him, him, like his crew being like, "Hey, yeah, we should share everything, including the location." Him being like, "Yeah, that makes sense," and then like being screwed over for that, but also being spared the curse because he did the right thing <laughs> in a weird way. Like it's, uh, like just his story was a lot more. There was a lot more to it than I remembered, and uh, I liked, I liked seeing that. Um, yeah, that's that's all I was. Well, one of the things that happens when you have a big hit like that is oftentimes the nuance of the story gets lost into the popular consciousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how we call people Emmys a Scrooge, but the whole point of Christmas Kill is he becomes <laughs> a good guy at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I actually have a theory about this that maybe I will someday write a column about where it's um, never give the audience everything they want because the audience just wants cake and doesn't realize if you just eat cake, it makes you sick. Right. We yeah. want to see goofy, crazy Jack Sparrow, but if that's what he is all of the time, then it becomes boring and incoherent. It's Jack Sparrow enters space with the cleverness of like, oh, that's very interesting. The shot was not meant for you. Um <laughs> the opportunity, like he, we want him to go between serious and genuine and clever, and then silly and wacky. But we don't realize we want that because it sticks out in our minds the wackiness. But the wackiness only sticks out because there are the serious moments that reflects against. It's why cake is more delicious after steak. Ooh, nice! nice you have me with steak. <laughs> <laughs> now, like, we've been talking about Jack a lot for reasons, but um, like. Will and Elizabeth are great here too. Like they're both very strong characters, and like, mm-hmm. and they're st- strong in this movie too. Because like with a lot of characters, mm-hmm. like when they're going to, when you know they're going to grow, and like you're going to have sequels, like that growth is like they're less interesting. Like um, like Sebastian Stan in the very first Captain America movie pretty much exists just to mi- just to eventually become the Winter Soldier. Like they're like, mm. whereas like Elizabeth and Will, like they exist for this movie, regardless of what they're going to become later on. Yeah, yeah. Like they're strong on their well, own. It's, like I, I mean, I feel like the this the the pirates original trilogy follows a similar thing that happens with with movies that sort of unexpected, with especially genre movies that unexpectedly take off. Uh, my my usual go tos for this being Star Wars and Back to mm-hmm. the Future where you have these these great first installments and then like the sequels have more to do with each other than they do with the original mm-hmm. story. Yeah. And uh it's it's not a, like a, it's it's not necessarily a thing that is bad to do. It's just a thing that happens. Right, cuz you uh, weren't expecting to write the other two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And like there there can be, you know, downsides to that because often it'll mean like, oh, well now we're going to have this character backslide uh from the way they progress in the initial movie in, in like this or that way. Oh, yeah. uh, Harry Potter has a real problem. Tends with to that. be the, the usual victim. 
Yeah. I will say, um, speaking about Back to the Future trilogy, I heard the best summation of the back the third Back to the Future movie. <laughs> It's basically mm-hmm. as if Robert Zemeckis wrote fanfic for Back to the Future. <laughs> and I'm like, that's absolutely correct. That's exactly what he did. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, also, um, one of the two flaws in Pirates is, A, the waste of Zoe Saldana. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And also like, the lie a- about corsets. <laughs> I do want to say that there is something I, I just realized how much speaking of course it's this movie had a terrible effect on my life because I remember watching it and looking at the scene with Kira Knightley like she's sleeping and she wakes up and she's wearing makeup and you can tell she's wearing makeup but it's a movie and I remember looking at her and thinking I want my makeup to look like that <laughs> and so I would just like to inform you that as of this day I am a makeup obsessed pirate fashion alternative corset fashion person and it may be largely because of this movie and hook okay so (laughs) okay so you're a corset person so you understand like it's like because i've only recently learned how like weirdly misrepresented corsets have been Yeah, they they don't work like that. Um, there's actually a, a really interesting thing where we have a lot of dresses where that have like you know ten, twelve, you know fourteen, sixteen inch waist, and we're like, oh my god, like the, everyone looked like this. No, they didn't. The reason we have those dresses is those were so weirdly sized that those were the only ones that survived, and very few people could wear them. Um, <laughs> most people mm-hmm. were pretty normally proportioned people and you would just wear a corset and it would suck you in a little bit and then you put a bunch of padding at the bottom of the corset which would make your sides and hips look huge and then it would create the illusion of being incredibly wasp wasted it was not nearly as restrictive as you think it is you can do extreme corset training and like really cinch yourself super super tiny and like distort your form like that is possible but most of them were not doing that mm-hmm Honestly, what probably would have made her pass out would just be the dress itself being that tight way more than the corset. Yeah. Also panic. Mm -hmm. Because you do sometimes if you can't breathe in really tight clothes, um, you will panic and hyperventilate. I wouldn't know anything about that, though. The more you know. (laughs) All right. That's all the time we have for now. I want to thank Molly for coming on and giving us these movies to watch. Well, at least one of them. You're welcome for <laughs> yes, Country thank Bears, you for giving y'all. us an excuse to rewatch Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forever <Gotcha>. changed. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, that's all. Um, say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Okay, bye. Savvy. <laughs> <laughs>